I'm just going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit. Oh, let me take a breath. Praise you. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. We invite you into this house. We welcome you. We want you. We invite you into each one of our houses, each one of our temples. Holy Spirit, I just give myself totally over to you. I want you to use my mouth and every, everything about me. I don't want any of this to be of me, just you. And Lord, I pray, um, can you guys repeat after me? Open the eyes of my heart, Open the eyes of my heart. and give me understanding, and understanding. Specifically. specifically for where I am in my life, what you want me to do right now concerning future events and who I am in the end of days. Okay, praise God. Okay, so take these off. Okay, we are called by God to a certain group of people. When we stand before God, we will be held accountable for those responsibilities. So I want you guys to just think about that. Um, a lot of the times the decisions I make in my life, I go to that place in God where I'm gonna stand before him. And there's been the hard things that I've had to do and then there's been some things that I haven't done, <laughs> and I've yielded to being comfortable, or uh, I don't want to do that. Um, but tonight, I, I want everybody to leave here with, with an apprehension and a drive. I'm going after what God put me here for, and I'm not letting anything get in my way. And if I step out and I miss it, that's okay. I'll, I'll go again because God's with me. And I don't have to have confidence in me. I have to have confidence in him and the blood of Jesus that bought what we are. He came and bought what we are at the cross so that we can push back evil and apprehend the kingdom of God and bring it to the earth. That's what we're called to, to bring his kingdom to the earth. And to, to save our brothers and sisters, to, to encourage them and to pull them up higher in the Lord. So I want you guys to think about that place, standing before the throne of God. If you want to close your eyes, you can. You don't have to. And I just want you to think, if you were standing there right now, and he said to you, did you do what I tell you to do? Did you do what I told you to do? at the end of your life, did you read the book that I gave you? Do you want to hear, you did it all? Or do you want to hear, well, you did part of it, and I'm, I'm really glad for that, but, but there were some other things that you could have, look, this is what you could have done. And um, so I want to I wanna just talk about that part for a little bit. So you're called... Um, to a company of believers, there's certain people that God 
um, connects you to and puts you um, in a divine relationship with. And those people you, you are to uh, influence and, and mentor or um, even, even just sometimes live in your life. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to speak into people's life, like on the job. People see you from a distance and you can influence them. Um, you're called to a company of believers, to those who you are to help. There's people that you're supposed to help. There's people that you're supposed to affect in their ministry. Not, it does not have to be a ministry. It can be just um, that you're, you're really good at your hairstylist and you're really good at being a hairstylist or you're a mechanic and you're really good at that. That's, that's what God wants you to flourish in because you, you excel to the heights in God and that, that put, get, puts you in a platform, then people come to you, and then you can speak to them, and you say, well, this is how I do what I do. Well, how are you so successful at that? How's come you never get upset? Why is it that um, every, everything else in everybody else's lives are falling apart, but you, yours isn't, or your life is falling apart, and you're just fine? How are you doing that? Um, temporarily falling apart. <laughs> um, Exactly. Um, so there, there is a message in you. There are jobs for you to do. You are an expression of God in the earth. So um, when we think about that, if, 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 like if, if someone moves to heaven, like your grandparent or someone that you knew, and, you, and you're wanting to, uh, someone to see what kind of person that they were, a lot of times it's really neat to have somebody that was like them and you could go, oh, they, they did that same thing. And that, that is what God wants to be to us. You know, he, want, he wants us to be to other people so that when they look at Shelly, they see a side of God that they don't see in Eric. But when they look at Eric, they see a side they don't see in Karen. And that's how many sides of God there are. That's, that's how much he, he wants us all to show who he is. So keeping in mind that how you are important, all these things I'm saying is to, it's to uh, help you to see I'm important. And so I can't just do my own thing because God's God, I'm supposed to show God in the earth. Yes. Um, there's only one you. So if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I know people have said, um, God will get someone else, and I, and I know he will, but what about what you were supposed to be? Because there's only one you. So there is something that's going to be lost if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Someone else can do it, but there's something that will be lost because you can't replace, you can't replace a, a person. You can make someone close to them, but you, you can't replace them. You, you are an original. You are designed straight from God's very own heart. Your personality, so think about that. A lot of times we think, ugh, why am I so loud? Or why, do I, why am I so messy? Or, you know, why, why can't I plan more? You know, the, the, um, the things about our personality that are the weaknesses, sometimes we get irritated with ourselves about it, but don't. Just work on your weaknesses. But just realize that that's, that's the way God wants me to be. There's going to be something good brought out in this because I'm like this. Um, 
Okay, um, let's see. Even the dreams in your heart, I believe God put. The things that are really passionate to you, just dreams that you have. Well, I've always wanted to do this. I believe that God put those there for a purpose. He wants you to fulfill those purposes. So don't take those things for granted and just think, well, that's just me. A lot of times our giftings, we, we think, well, we were just born this way. And, you know, I remember thinking, you know, because I can, I can keep a beat and I can dance. And I thought everybody can dance. And I found out, no, everybody cannot keep a beat. That is not something, you know, not to say, not to say anything bad about. But it's just, it's not, my point about that is, it's not just that you were born with it. It's that God purposed you that way. So these things, these giftings that you have, um, have confidence in them. Have faith that the Creator put them in you, and there's a need for them. So I'm going to embrace them and, and love them, you know. Okay, so let's go to Genesis 1. Twenty-six, and I want to see. We want to take you guys to God's original plan for for um, for us. Okay. It says in the oh, God said, "Let us, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image." after our likeness. So um, I want to uh, really expound on that right there, that we I want us to rise up higher to an understanding of that we're created in His image, so we need to think like God thinks. We need to talk like God talks. We need to act like He acts. We need to be confident that it's not in my own ability it's in his ability. And he believes in me. He made me this way. So when he asks you to do something, then you can do that. You can accomplish that thing because it's not about you. Just like I said, it's the blood of Jesus and it's, it's the plan of God that he felt like we could handle this. That's why he gave it to us. So um, just keeping that in mind. Uh, created in our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea the birds of the air, the tame beast, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Okay, now let's go to Romans 5. Seventeen. So God created man in the beginning with dominion and authority. He put him in the garden and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And God wanted mankind to be the ruler over the earth. But we know that the, the devil deceived and they um, gave their authority over to the devil. And so now then... Um, 
the authority got transferred over to the devil. And so then Jesus had to come and buy that back. For if, in 17, in um, Romans 5, 17, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and unmerited favor, the free gift of righteousness, putting them in right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So he brought us back through the cross. Okay. So the next question I want to ask, is it okay if we just do our own thing? Is it okay if, you know, we just, you know, okay, I'm just, I just want to get a job, have some kids, make money, have a comfortable life, get a nest egg. You know, I, I'm not doing bad to anybody. I'm not sinning, you know. Um, I just want to do my own thing, and as long as I do good, is that okay? Is that, is that okay? Let's see. So go to Ephesians 2, and let's find out. That would be your plan. That would be my plan. <laughs> just life of ease. Let me sleep as long as I want. <laughs> Don't make me get up early. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. <laughs> he wants us to get up early. Okay. So here it says, um, let's see, make sure I'm there. For we are, are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. So when I, I just want to talk about this right here a little bit. We are his own handiwork. And when you think of uh, a carpenter or a skilled trademan or uh, someone who's artistic or anybody who's making something. We just we just went to the Ark Encounter. That thing was amazing, and just looking at how how much work that took and how many years and that was still it was God's instruction, but it was still man that made that. But when you think of God, and you think you so you put your put that in your mind about a craftsman and how he, especially a really good one. Maybe like the, the people who make great big huge bridges and uh, those are still man, man. And when you think of God who has put the stars in the heaven and when you, and you think about the amount of the stars and the vastness of them and that they're still going. Uh, you think of the mountains and the ocean. Uh, you just, when you see the ocean, okay, we are God's handiwork I mean just think about that how could you ever think or don't allow the devil to diminish who you are and how valuable you are and don't don't let him don't let him make you think that you it won't matter if you don't do what you're supposed to do or oh they can go on without you we don't need you think about that if he if you are his handiwork you must be very special. Okay, and he, he created us. We are his workmanship. Cre recreated in Christ Jesus. Recreated in what Jesus did on the cross. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined beforehand. So before you were ever born, 
And there's another place in the Word that said, before the foundations of the world was created, God planned your life out. He decided, I want Luke to have a high, high justice, a need for justice. I want him to be kind of quiet and slow and steady, and, and I want him to have four brothers, and I want him to be in this home, and I want him to be, you know, we didn't just get dropped in this age. I want him to be in the end of days because I know what he can handle and what I'm putting in him and what I'm putting in his personality, and I want him to usher in the return of Jesus. I want him to be a part of that end-time church. Uh, you know, sometimes we think, I, I think, I don't know if you guys think that way, but, oh, I never really thought about that. I just thought I was born, you know. But, but he could have put us in any time. He could have put us when Jesus was on the earth. He could have, he could have put us back with Abraham. But he chose now. And I, I know I've heard uh, scriptures that talk about how people longed for this day, that they longed to be the ones that usher in Jesus' return and, and the, the church being caught up. So, so think about that too. Why, why am I put here at this time in this hour? Um, he planned, planned beforehand, taking paths that, for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. So, every day when you wake up or if you're a better planner the night before, <laughs> where you go, when you go to sleep. <laughs> um, God's got a path for you that next day. He already planned it, and he has it prepared and arranged and ready for you. It's not, not, nothing that happens to you came by a surprise to him. You know, this, 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 this uh, tragedy that happened, it didn't take God off guard. He already knew it was going to happen, and he already has everything you need to be an overcomer and victorious through that. Um, your call, your call, or what he's telling you to do. Let's go back to that. Go back to that place right where, where we were, where we were standing before the throne of God. And, and, and I want you guys to think about this. So I think we all probably have something that God's been asking us to do, and maybe we haven't done it because maybe it's a little difficult for us. Maybe we don't have the money. Maybe, um, maybe we think, well, I'm just waiting for God to open the door. Or maybe we think people won't receive it or it'll cause an attack from the devil on me if I do this. But I want you guys to think about that thing. Get that thing in your mind. And now I want you to think about the Lord saying to you, why did, not, why did you not do that? And then your answer would be, uh, I didn't have time. Uh, well, I was just waiting on you. Uh, I didn't want to be attacked. The devil would really attack me if I do that. You know, what, what, what's your, what is your reason for not doing what he's telling you to do? That one thing specifically that he's, he's saying, I want you to do this. Come on. And you, and you know he's telling you, but you're kind of having a hard time. And, you know, I want you to think, will that answer hold up? Will you feel good about that? 
Because one of the things the devil does to us, he gets us to procrastinate. I will when I get stronger. I need a little bit more word in me. Well, I suggest that God wouldn't be telling you to do it if you couldn't handle it. And I also suggest that we can lean. I, Eric said this to me once, and I thought it was so beautiful. We can lean heavily into the grace of God. We don't have to have the ability, but we can lean heavily on the grace of God. And just along that line, I want to I bring up an a, a illustration about the grace of God and how powerful that is. I read a, a book about this man named Reese Howells. He was an intercessor. And he, his life was amazing. He was very obedient, like right from it just seemed like day one. And what the Lord would have him do, would he, he would be, he would have him, and it was like a way of fasting. And he would tell him, like here was an example. He, he was believing, this is like back, I think, in the 17th century, maybe. maybe I don't know, my history might be eight, 18th, somewhere in there. And they, they had alcoholics, and they called them tramps. And so he would pray for these tramps, trying to get them born again, trying to get them free from alcoholism, and it just wouldn't work. He, he, you know, he just kept trying, you know, praying, and it just wouldn't come in other areas. He had success in praying, but in this area, he just, he just couldn't. It just, what, what's the hold, hold up, Lord? And so the Lord said to him, in, in, in a, I want you to fast in this way, I want you to live like they would live. Whatever they have, you have. If they don't have it, you don't get it. So he slept on his floor. He ate. He ate like, um, like the like the soup that they would give him back then, like the from the homeless shelters. And it wasn't very, you know, very nutritious. It was just broth or, and he he did that. He God said, I want you to do that until it doesn't bother you anymore. Till you can do that without it, it, uh, affecting your flesh at all. And so he would do that for a period of time, and then once that didn't affect his flesh anymore and he was fine with it, it would cause him to rise to a place in God where now he's still on a platform. Now when he prayed for the tramps, they got born again, or they got healed. They got freed from the, from the uh, alcoholism. Yeah. And so as I was reading this book, I was just amazed. Like there was one place where the Lord, back then, they had hats that they would wear. And it was very, very much socially, you did not go out with a hat, without a hat. A man did not do that. That was very socially unacceptable. I mean, it would be really looked down on. And the Lord said, I want you to stop wearing a hat. And so um, he said, okay. And he did that for a period of time. And there was a really important man that he had to meet really important for his ministry and high-ranking um, in the government. And he thought, oh, no, he's just not going to accept me because I don't have a hat on. And But but it, he knew that he could not do it. This man was just so obedient. Like, I would probably four or five times go, okay, put the hat back on, take it off. Okay, I'm going to go again, Lord. I know I was supposed to do it, but here we go again, you know, four or five times. Every time this man just, boom, he just did it. And it was amazing. Well, this man... He didn't wear the hat, and, and the man kind of thought it was odd. But then he said, it's, he, the man, the government man, stopped wearing his hat. Yeah, he actually had influence over the man because he did what the Lord told him to do. Now he gained a platform in a social environment where he didn't have it before. So this, this is what I was, for the grace, he met his wife, 
he was called to Africa as a missionary, and they, they, they were not supposed to have kids yet. He, he had to go to Africa and bring the gospel there and teach people how to pray there, and she got pregnant. And so as I was reading this book, the book said that they knew that God wanted them to take their baby and find someone else to raise their baby because they still had to go to Africa. And I was like, that is not God. There is no way. You know, how, how, how could you possibly? No, no, no. That, he's just, he's mi mixed up there. You know, that can't be. And as I was reading that, I, I heard the Lord say, Christy, you're, you're not considering grace. And see, what, what, what he did was, they, God had brought a family that was a wonderful family that took the baby and raised the baby. Then when the baby got to a certain age, he came to Africa with them and started working in the ministry with them. But he said, for you, you cannot do that because your, the grace was not for you to do that was not there. I didn't call you. That was not my plan for you to go to Africa. And, and he wasn't supposed to have it. They, they weren't supposed to have a baby at that time. And then he said, because of my grace and because of the plan, he, if he had taken the baby with them, it wouldn't have been right and the baby would have been in worse shape. But because of God's grace, there was power for that couple to raise that baby even better than the parents would have been able to. And then later on, he was brought back. And so I was just thinking about how the grace... That sometimes when we look at things and we see people doing something and we think, how are you doing that? Like I remember when my son Joseph moved to heaven, there was a grace on me. And I just, I mean, there was a period of time when I was, uh, because I was like, why did this happen? What did I do? You know, help me, Lord, understand. And once I, once I felt like the Lord had shown me what was happening, I was just had this ability to just move right on. And that's not a painful area for me at all and people would look at me and go she's not dealing with this you know she she might be a little you know because they'd see me and they'd go how are you doing I'd say I'm doing great and I wasn't just making a faith statement I do that but I really was great because God's grace so just just don't forget to consider grace whenever uh, on the things that God is asking you to do because anything he asks you to do, he provides the grace to do it. He didn't expect you to do it by yourself. Okay, so back to the plans that he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Isn't that nice to know that God has prearranged your life? And he made it ready for you to live. So now let's, let's, uh, I want you guys to think about life being like, like a, a tapestry, okay? Like it, maybe like a rug where there's different uh, threads going through this way and threads going this way. And so if God is telling a person over here, like down here is the end of their life, and then over here is other people's lives, okay? And these are threads that run through. So this thread runs all the way through to the end of your life. And this thread runs down into other people's lives. So if God says, um, Isaac, I want you to go to school and be an astronaut. And Isaac says, 
okay, I don't have the money. And so because he doesn't have the money, he, he doesn't consider God's grace or he lets that stop him or maybe it's hard to do or different things get in the way. He starts doing other different things, okay? And, and, and he doesn't do that. But let's say Isaac does it. And, and um, he says, Lord, okay, I'll do that. How much money do I need to believe for? How am I going to get it? And what do you want me to do? And God shows him that you do this and you'll get this much money, $500, and then you get this training, and then you do this. And he just keeps, Isaac just keeps doing step by step today. Okay, today, God said, I was supposed to go work for a farmer. So he gets $100 today, but the goal is $500. Okay, Lord, now what do you want me to do? Okay, I want you to go over here and hang out with these people over here. And then God is bringing people over here who he, they say, hey, give Isaac some money. Well, why, why do you want me to give Isaac money? He doesn't need money. He looks like he's got everything he needs. I don't know. Just give Isaac money. We'll, I'll explain it to you later. Or just do what I tell you. And then, so see how Isaac's getting $500 right here because other people over here did what they want. Okay, so you take that line, okay? Now, let's just say Isaac does everything that God tells him to do. Down at the end of this, he becomes an astronaut and he goes to the moon. Because Isaac went to the moon, now the earth knows how to put a satellite into space. And now, because there, we know how to put a satellite into space over here on this thread, there is a man who is being told to start a Christian um, television station. And now the man can believe God for the money to buy a satellite, put it in the earth. Now the gospel can be. So he is equipped because Isaac obeyed down here to, on this part. All these strings, all these Strings. <laughs> strings and threads are running through. It's just strings, those threads and strings together. Um, running through because people obeyed. But what if Isaac didn't obey? Then where would the satellite be? And what if nobody gave Isaac the money? Then Isaac couldn't do. And how important it is that thing that God's telling you to do that you think, oh, that's just too hard, or, or maybe you don't even think it's too hard. Maybe you just take it too lightly. Maybe you're watching something on television, and there's a feeling, I need to believe, I, I need to send that man money, but I don't have it. Okay, Lord, you provide that money. You've provided me $50. I'll send, I'll send that. Okay, you go on with your life. You're, you're doing your thing. You kind of forget. $50 comes, you go buy a pair of boots. That $50 was that man's. But you, but you, you know, you get distracted. Or, or you put it off, well, I'll do it later. Okay, let's go to 2 Peter. One, three. For his divine power has bestowed on us all things. Now think about that. His divine power. 
has bestowed on us all things. Think about that in the light of you being who you're called to be, you doing the thing, you be your importance and how valuable you are and why God wants you to do what he's telling you to do in the end of days. He's bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by into his own glory and excellent virtue. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay and rottenness and corruption that is in the world. So let's take, for example, things that you're trying to get free of, things that the enemy is doing to distract you off of, off, off of what you're doing. And, and right here I want to say, um, go back to where you were when the storm hit. Where were you going and what were you doing before this, the storm that de detoured you, what were you, what were you, what were you going toward? Because right there, that's, that's what's important and that's what's valuable. That's why the storm hit because it, the enemy is trying to get you not to do what it was you were doing when the storm hit. Um, but right here it's saying that these, 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 the divine power that he's bestowed upon us, the exceedingly great and precious promises, they're there so you can escape from the moral decay. You have a way of escape. And, and I want to encourage you that um, I was listening to a, a teacher, not a teaching, an account of a man who went to heaven. And one of the things that he said Jesus kept asking me, he would ask Jesus a question and and Jesus would say, didn't you read my book? He would, he, because in heaven, you think it. You don't really have time to ask it. You just communicate by your thoughts. And so he really couldn't take his thought back. You know, he would just think something. And every time Jesus would say, didn't you read my book? And going back to that place where we're standing before the throne, do you want the Lord to say to you, did you read my book? Did, this, is, this is one thing that I think. I don't want to have regrets when I'm there. I don't want the Lord to say, if you would have known what you could have been. Look, Christy, look at all that you could have been. Look at all the people that you could have affected. I want to have, I don't want to have a regret. I remember Kenneth Copeland saying he had a vision. He was in his airplane and flying. And up, up above everything, above the clouds, and he was just looking out, and he had this vision, and there was a, a two men, and they were flying in their airplane, but they were in heaven. And they were looking at each other and kind of cutting up and laughing. And they said, oh, don't you wish we would known, knew, don't you wish we could go back to the earth and have just five minutes of what we know now and what we could do to the devil, knowing what we know now. And, and that's what I want to do. I, I believe that God has made us, and the scriptures will show this, a mighty, powerful force that the devil cannot stand up against. He, 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 the only thing he can do is get you to believe the lie. 
He has no power. He uses your power. And so he gets you to believe the lie, and then you start faith, faithing him by fear. You start believing what he has to say, and that puts faith in him. And then now he rises to power. One thing on the fear that the Lord has just recently shown me that has really helped me a lot is that run into the fear. So um, I heard Joyce Meyer say, if so she, was, she was kind of describing this concept of run into the fear. She said, so like you have a scarecrow and he's out in the field with all the corn and he's out there so he can scare the crows away. But if the crows knew the scarecrow was not real, then they would see it as a sign. Here's all your food that you need right here. And so that's what fear is. It's a sign right here. Run here. Face it. Go hard. Like, just like David did. He didn't, he didn't bow down to Goliath. He ran into that fear because he knew. He knew. God. God. It's not me. I don't have to be strong enough. All I have to do is trust in God and lean it heavily into his grace. Okay, so let's go. Let's see. Okay. So we are at the moral decay and rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness. These precious promises set us free from that by, by looking into what the Word of God has to say. There's a place that it says that the Word is like looking into a mirror. And that way, you, when you open up the Word, you look in and you see what, oh, this is who I am. And so you're over here and, and you're, you know, just on the note of moral decay, you're, you're going, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. I really need the strength to overcome. Well, let's go look into the mirror and see, what does this say? This says I'm free. This, this says that exceedingly great and precious promises cause me to escape from this. And so even, even though you may not, you can still confess the word. Like let's just take, take cigarettes, for example. You know, you've tried and tried and tried to quit smoking. Well, you don't just lay down to it. Still use the word, I'm free from smoking. As you're, as you're smoking that cigarette, I'm free. God set me free. I believe what the word has to say. And use that word, even though you may still, your flesh may be used to that. Don't just lay down to it. Keep pressing into that and pushing the enemy back. The Word of God works. It produces. Okay, so uh, for this very, let's go down to five. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, which is what I was just talking about, when the divine promises, what God has to say about me, what I see in the Word, what I, what I see when I look in the mirror, I'm going to be diligent about it. I'm going to run to the Word when I have an issue. I'm going to see what God has to say about it, and then I'm going to take that Word and speak it out my mouth. Employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, and resolution. And here's one thing about resolution. When, look at how many people that have had situations where they're in bondage for years to something and then something happens to them, like maybe they almost lose their life or um, just like something happens to them to, to make them get this resolve. Uh, 
that's it. I, I, I can't live like this anymore. I have to overcome this. Having that resolve that I'm burning the bridge, I'm not going back, there, there, this is not an option for me anymore, that, that resolve brings you strength and power to overcome and to be what you're supposed to be. Um, a resolution, a Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, and in steadfastness, godliness, and in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. One thing about that, if you love your brothers and sisters, if you, like Tom was talking about being unselfish this morning, when you think about uh, if God has told you to do something, say God has told you to give, he puts it on your heart to give a certain amount of money. You don't have the money, but okay, you say, Lord, I'll, I'll give that $300 when you bring it to me. You, you, you get $300 that comes in, and now you have this money in your hand, and you're thinking, oh, I would really like to spend it on this, but what's my, what's my brother going to do if I spend their money? That, that brotherly affection, thinking about what other people need, thinking about what they're called to in their ministry, and how that really does all tie in with us, because if they can be who they are supposed to be, you'll be better at what you're supposed to do. Um, for these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you. They will keep you from being idle and unfruitful. So the question was, is it okay if we just do our own thing? Well, I am, I am seeing that it's not okay, and it's not okay to be idle. It's not okay to be unfruitful. Um, unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. For whoever lacks these qualities are blind. They are spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to them. Now, there's a thing that happens when the Lord is putting it on your heart to do a certain thing, when he's convicting you, and you choose to turn away from that. So God, God places it on your heart to do a certain thing or to get rid of a certain, you need to be self-controlled in this area, or you need to be more diligent about that and believe for that. As God convicts you and he speaks something to you and he tells you a truth, if you, for, for whatever reason, uh, procrastination, I'll do it, you know, I'll do it later, or just the, the, just the different things, distractions, um, I forgot, or you get busy, you don't see how you can do it. If you turn away from that, well, where else is there to go but deception? Because this is the truth that God's speaking to you. You come this way, there's only truth and deception. So now what happens is there becomes, even just to a small degree, a blindness, a, a, spirit, a hardness of heart, because you, you were supposed to do this and you turned away. So now you're here. Okay, God, he's faithful. He comes back and says, you need to do this. Each time you turn away, you get, your heart gets harder and it gets harder. And you may be real sensitive and uh, just, 
oh, I cannot tell a lie. My, my heart is just so sensitive to that. I, but, but over here, you, in the area of self-control, you, you may be, you may be, your heart may be hard, and so God talks to you and tells you something in that area, but you don't hear it because you've become spiritual, short-sighted. Let's see, where were we? Blind and spiritually short-sighted. So I just wanted to bring that part out and just warn that when God convicts you, because that's the safety, that's the safe guide, like, you know, when, when, you, when you see people that you, that you know who have been strong in the Lord and then they turn away, and you think, how did that happen? This person was strong and, and faith, and, and, and now look at them. How did they get so far? That's how. Just a little, little, uh, little compromise, little, a little bit of a, oh, I'll do it later, or mm, I don't know. And, and you know, People can turn away from God to a point where they, where they say, I don't want the Lord anymore. They can be out in, that, in the sin and the blindness that happens. Blindness, when you start sinning, it's so quick. You get dark so quick. And then you're out here and you just keep thinking, I'll come back someday. I'll come back someday. I will. Uh, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't take the convicting power of the Holy Spirit for granted. Right. When he tells you something, do it. Do it because it, it's just, it's so important. It's, that's, that's, your, that your, that's your safety for everything. The only thing that keeps us from going the wrong direction is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And as you get stronger in the Lord, then those things don't pull at you and it's not so tempting anymore. But still, he's convicting you of doing, hey, this is my plan. This is my purpose for you. Don't turn away from that plan or purpose so you don't become spiritually short-sighted. I, all I can see is right now and what I need now, and I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go pray in the morning. I'm tired, and I want to stay warm. I'm being spiritually short-sighted. Here we are in this tapestry. Who am I affecting and this little kid that's going to do this or this, because I want to stay in bed and stay warm, you know, don't become spiritually short-sighted. Listen to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And remember that you were cleansed from old sins. God, Jesus has cleansed you. You have power. You, you, you press in to what you know the Word of God says, and you resist it. Even if you keep making a mistake, it's okay, just keep pressing in. No, the Lord said, I've been set free from the curse of the law. I don't have to behave this way. And Lord, you just keep showing me what I do. What do I do? What do I do? Okay, um, if you're smoking 10 cigarettes, okay, the Lord says, smoke nine tomorrow. Okay, you made progress. You're doing good. Just keep listening to him. Okay, so then let's go to um, Ephesians three eighteen through twenty one. Actually, I might let's just go to um, let's see, I'm going to do it this way. 
let's go to, since we're talking about um, not paying attention to the convicting power, let's go to 13 right there. And where it says, so I ask you not to lose, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to go up there. Let's just go on up to 10, at 310. So it says, the, the um, wait a minute, 9, go to 9. <laughs> Oh, let's go all the way back now. That's just so good. How do you how do you cut that out? Okay, so also to enlighten all men and make plain to, to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Jesus Christ. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated many-sided wisdom of God, there it is, the, the many sides of God that we are, in all of its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly. We are supposed to rise up, be who we are in God, take authority, push back the evil, obtain the promises. If Jesus purchased it, we have a responsibility to obtain it. We need to apprehend it. We need to go after it. We don't, it's not just going to fall on top of you like fruit off of a tree. You go after it. And when you become who you're supposed to be, when you do what, you're spo what God calls you to do, when you apprehend and you push back the darkness, that shows the demons we can't push these people around. Right now, there's a lot of us he's pushing around. I don't want to be that way. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to disappoint my father when, when I have all this power and strength and I just let the devil get away with it because I don't, I don't apprehend or I don't push. Or, but when you, when you do what he's called you to do because you're in the path and in the place that he wants you to be, it it's harder for the devil to get to you. Because when you're where you're supposed to be, you're protected. When you're outside of where you're supposed to be, you're not in the path of God, and you, you're a fair game to the enemy. I remember the Lord showed it to me like the Lord of the Rings, that movie, and oh, that movie, that, that poor, was it Frodo? Like, everything comes after him. I'm like, gosh, there's big spiders and, and, and just horrible. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, um, the Lord of the Rings, but... That's what the Lord showed me, that that's how it is when you get outside the plan of God. You are outside of, of his protection. Stay in the safety. Stay in the secret place of the Most High where you're protected and where you're safe. And do what he's called you to do. That'll make your life a lot easier. You'll have a lot less fights than you would have if you stay where you're supposed to be. Um, okay, so then, and then it says, so I ask you not to faint. And not to lose, not to lose heart or faint or become despondent through fear. And I just want to encourage. I know he's talking about Paul being in, in prison, but I know that a lot of times when we're called to do something, we step out in faith and we start moving forward. That's what happens. The enemy attacks us. We 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 kind of faint. We kind of lose heart. We think, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Or, you know, don't lose heart. Just reroute. Okay, how do, you, how do you want me to look at this, God? What, do you, what, what is it? How do you see this? 
I know, I know there's an obstacle here, but I know you called me to do this. I know you told me to do it. So how do you see it and where am I supposed to go? The Lord will reroute you. He'll help you. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Press forward. You are important. Okay, now let's read. Let's read starting in 16 down through, let's see, 21. This is a prayer that Paul's praying, but, but we know it's the will of God. And if we know it's the will of God, then, then this shows us who we are and who, what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to, how we're supposed to behave. So it, it says, and this, I pray this prayer, may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory. So if you're granted out of the rich treasury of God's glory, what? can you not do? What can you not have? What, what limit? You're out of the rich treasury of God's glory to be strengthened and reinforced. Here, here, here's, here's, you know, I mean, this is the, the, the ending of, or like the rest of that sentence, but still I wanted you to focus on the rich treasury of his glory so you can kind of understand because this is so deep and so you kind of have to piece it apart so you can fully grasp how, how good it is. So the rich treasury of his glory, and why do we need that? To be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in our inner man. Through the Holy Spirit himself, this is who you are. This is, this is what God wants you to be what what he wants on the inside of you the holy spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality the holy spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality so if you act like god who can resist you who who's not going to want what you have that that's amazing that to me that's amazing that god wants to indwell me May Christ, through your faith, so it's through our faith, we believe it, we, we read this, we feed on the word, we get it on the inside of us, and it causes our faith to grow. So if you, if you, if you say, well, Christy, I don't feel like God lives on the inside of me, oh my gosh, then, then just keep putting this word, depositing the word on the inside of you, keep speaking it out your mouth, it will move from here down to here. And when it moves from here down to here, then you will have manifestation of the promise. Um, um, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts, and may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. So thinking about, okay, this is, this is why it's important that I do what God calls me to do. This is why it's important that I don't just wait and that I just take my time and, well, Lord, oh, you open the door for me and I'll walk through it. You know, um, no, I know how much God loves me. He loves me so much. I'm safe, I'm secure, and I know that I can face that situation because God loves me. He's there with me. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend Think about apprehend. I, I think about this speeding police car <laughs> going after, uh, you know, chasing somebody down. Is that how you're chasing God right now? Is that how you're chasing the plan and the purpose that he has for you? 
what would happen to this church if we all apprehended God? Just think how, what, what would it be? And it's not like it's something that's out of our reach. All we have to do is apprehend God. How do you apprehend God? You read his word. You spend time with him. You take time to listen to his plan. You listen to the conviction when he tells you to do something and you do it. That's not that hard. It's just purposing that resolving in your mind. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to just wait anymore. I want to stand before God. And I want to hear him say, you did it. Oh, gosh, I'm so proud of you. You did it all. Not only that, but what you do right now on the earth affects where you're going to be in eternity, what responsibilities you're going to have. It, affect, it affects your family. It affects your, your, the generations to come. Because someone in my family served God, now I'm here. Now I'm serving God. And think about uh, Abraham and Sarah. If they had not went off on their own and did the one thing they did, I don't know that there'd be a whole religion against Christianity. Also think about how they did believe. And they obtained Isaac the promise. Isaac is a promise. <laughs> Praise God. But, and how they, even though they missed it, they got back on track. They did a legal U-turn, get back on track, and now I can do this. Um, grasping with all the saints. Okay, but we were to apprehend. Um, be strong to apprehend. And why are you strong to apprehend? Because you know that God loves you. I'm rooted deep in love. So when someone comes and says, oh, that was a stupid message you gave last night. And, oh. Well, I don't care because God loves me. And I'm rooted deep in love. Or more, more likely, the devil goes, oh, my God, you messed it up. And you just say, well, you know what? I probably did, but God can speak through a donkey, so I put my faith in him. <laughs> so if I'm like a donkey, that's okay. I'm in good company. <laughs> Be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, all of us grasping, okay? This is, what God, this is who you are. This is what God wants you to be. So this is what we're apprehending. God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all of your being, Oh, listen to this. Be filled through all your being and to all the fullness of God. That's just huge. The fullness of God? Filled through all my being. The fullness of God. Lord, help us, help us get that. And that we may have the richest measure of the divine presence. What if we all had the richest measure of the divine presence? 
Nobody else would have a bad day either that was around us. I mean, you walk in someplace, you got the richest measure of the divine presence, people are going to be falling out or healed. Or I want to serve God. Remember, remember the revivals where people would be in bars and they'd be drinking and they couldn't lift their mug up and they, or they, they saw hellfire and they, they would just go, I want to get born again. They would run into churches. That's probably just part of the richest measure of the divine presence. And become a body holy, filth, and flooded with God himself. How can you, how can you keep getting better? But, but it does. Flooded with God himself. Let's say that. I am flooded with God himself. That would be a good weekly, conf daily confession. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. Okay, so think about the action of his power that is at work within us. That's how he's able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above, all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. I think that we can handle it. <laughs> After reading that scripture, we, through God, not in my own ability, in his ability, we can handle it. We can do it. We can be, we can be it. <laughs> okay, let's go to Romans 8. Wait a minute, Revelations. Revelations 3, 15. I'm, 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 how am I doing on time? Check my glasses off so I could read. <laughs> what time am I supposed to be done? Oh, I didn't. When I get done, all right, I'll preach it. Okay, Mike, I take after you. <laughs> Revelations 3.15. We just got a, a couple more. 3.15 uh, through 22. I know your record of works. Jesus is talking to, which church is it? Sardis? He's talking to one of the churches. Um, he's talking to us, yeah, amen. I know your record of works and what you are doing. You are neither cold nor hot. So I want you to ask your guys, your, am, I, am I hot? Because I don't, I don't think any of us here are cold or we wouldn't really be here. But are you hot? I, I, I think I could get hotter. I think I could get hotter. <laughs> um, would, would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich and I have prospered and grown wealthy and I am in need of nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiable, poor and blind and, and naked. And I know you can you can go a lot of different directions with that, but what that was saying to me right now is that, you know, you think you're doing good, you think you're you're I'm serving God, I'm doing it, but but really, are you, or are you? I mean, if you were standing before God and He asked you that, 
Would you real, would would you would you realize mm, I I'm naked here. I oh, that's pitiful. You can't get out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm sure it's different things for everyone, but you know, ask yourself that. Check yourself. Because if you keep saying, oh, I will tomorrow, I will tomorrow, you're going to come to the end of your life and you're going to have regrets. And we're not going to do that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna apprehend. We're going to get what? We're going to be the, the mighty moving. What did you say, Eric? No, we're not going to be left behind. Because if, not if, the body of Christ needs to rise up and, and be who we're supposed to be in the last days. We're, we are supposed to be a body filled with the glory of God so that the end time revival can happen, that people can come into the kingdom, that they can see something through us they want to be. And if we are, do what we're supposed to do, you cannot resist that. You know, you, you look at someone and you're just like, oh, I want that. Okay. Uh, therefore, I counsel it to you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire. And when I think of gold, I, I think of my will versus God's will. My will would be um, not the gold. God's will is, I, I want that. I want, I want to purchase. How do you purchase? Lord, I want to buy up. I want to spend my time buying from you what your will is, what you have for me, what I'm supposed to do today. Who am I supposed to go see? Am I supposed to just stay here and spend my whole day with you? That's, that's the gold. Not, uh, I'm going to go do this, Lord. Will you bless it? Make something good happen today, Lord. I'm going to go over here. No, Lord, I, I, I give my life to you again today. I want the gold. Yeah. Uh, tested by fire that you may truly be wealthy. And, and when you think about that, that's what makes you happy. When you, when you, you know, people are, are and, and me too, guilty of it, um, trying to find things to make them happy, going to this, going to that. But if you do what you're supposed to do, you'll feel fulfilled. You will feel good. You'll, be, you'll, you'll just be like, oh my gosh, this peace is so wonderful. It's, you know, sometimes you think you pray for something and it's not happening and you think, why? What's going on? Why is this not happening? Well, ask yourself, am I doing what God's telling me to do? Is there something that he's been telling me? Oh, well, I didn't really think that was that. Yeah, that's important. And remember that those areas that you're kind of, oh, I don't know, do you think that's, that, is God trying to tell me that? Remember that if, you, if, the, if the conviction power of the Holy Spirit has been on you and you've pushed away from that, you could be blind in that area and you, you're not seeing it. And so rather, rather than push it away again, just be, all right, I'm going to go do this then, and then watch what happens. Uh, that you may be truly wealthy and white and white clothes to you to clothe you that you have white clothes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nudity from being seen and salve to put on your eyes so that you may see because standing before the throne of God uh, there Jeff Teal had given me this book long, years and years ago about this man named Howard Pittman and he had lived his whole life 
thinking that he was doing what he was doing for God. And he really, he, 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 he died, went to heaven, stood before the gates, and he said that God, that it was very painful realizing that, that no, that's not, what, not, that's not what I told you to do. He, he said that he was standing there and he was saying, God, please let me have a longer life. I don't want to die now. And the Lord said, I'm trying to remember exactly, that you, you, he said, I did this for you and I did that for you. And he had had an orphanage and he had several kids uh, in the orphanage and he had been a police officer and and uh, did a lot of good good just a lot of good works and the the lord said you did not do those things for me and he was saying i did this for you lord i did this for you please give me a longer life and he said that the the the, the disappointment that came because he, he, it wasn't what God had wanted him to do. It was, was actually painful for him. And, and when he heard God say, you didn't do that because I asked you to do it. You did it because you wanted people to think you were good. And it took him a little while to, what? And then he realized, oh my gosh, you're right, Lord. I'm so sorry. And he said, please let me have a chance and I'll go back and do what you said. We don't want that to happen. We, we want to make sure that, that we are doing what we're doing because for God, not, not so people will think we are good. But my point was that, that that made him feel naked, you know, that I'm not clothed. I, here I thought I was this way, and now look at me. Uh, and so I have to put on your eyes that you may see those whom I dearly and tenderly love. I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for convicting us. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent. Just change your mind and change your attitude. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. What if he was knocking? If anyone hears me, implying that you have to hear, you have to hear the voice of God. You have to hear him knocking on the door and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door. I will come in to him and I will eat with him and he will eat with me. He who overcomes is victorious and I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame and was victorious. So I just thought that was really neat. I like that. All right, let's go to Romans 8. Says the Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit. So I want to I wanted to put this in here because sometimes people say, "Well, I don't really know what God's telling me. I, I don't really." It's kind of hard for me to hear Him, and and so I just wanted to go over this because the Spirit Himself 
thus testifies together with your own spirit. So you have a, you have a, sometimes it's just a knowing, sometimes it's just, well, that seems like the right thing to do. Um, but the Lord promises in his word right here that he will, he will tell you what to do. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, and uh, that we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing in his inheritance with him. Only we must share in his suffering if we are to share in his glory. So just knowing that if Jesus went through what he did on the cross, then at least we can we can go through what, what we need to go through to do what he's telling us to do. At least we can say, okay, Lord, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll, I'll apprehend this. I'll press forward. I'll resist the temptation to, to just lay down and be idle and not do what you're asking me to do, whether that would be sin or, or, or resisting sickness and resisting lack and anything that Jesus purchased at the cross. Press forward to get it. Um. Oh, back up in 14. That's what I wanted to read. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more into bondage of fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship. So we are, we are if, you, if you have a little bit of trouble, like you feel like it's hard for me to hear God, Take that scripture and just start meditating on it and chewing on it. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Thank you, Lord, that I hear your voice. For all, that are, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I'm your son and I'm led by you. I know what to do. I have the answer. I don't have to, I don't have to be worried. Um, do we go to... I think that's it. So, Okay, so I just want to pray... Um, Ask the Holy Spirit first, is there any other thing that you wanted to, to bring out tonight, Lord? Would you guys mind praying in the Spirit with me? Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, that this Word is sown on good soil. Lord, I thank you that we protect the word. I thank you that... Thank you for your convicting power that you do speak to us. We release our faith. You guys, join your faith with me. We release our faith that the Lord is going to make clear to it. If there's areas where we've missed it, where God has been trying to get us to do something and maybe we've missed it and not recognized... Oh, God wanted me to press forward. He wanted me to do that. And Lord, we ask you to bring that back up into our hearts right now. And we will be faithful to, to say yes. Will you guys say yes if the Holy Spirit convicts you? And Lord, we thank you that we have a greater revelation of your love for us, a greater revelation of the importance of us being born in this day and hour and what we're supposed to do and that you that you continue to make known to us that we 
cannot push aside what you have called us to do. That it is extremely important to you that the body of Christ rises up to do what the head is telling them to do. That we are all the hands, we're the arms, we're the legs, we're the mouth, we're the eyes. And without, without the body, Jesus is limited. That he needs us. Lord, I, th- I thank you for dreams. I thank you that the word just comes open as we, as we read it. To continue to reiterate what you're saying here, what, what you're wanting us to know. So that we get in the position, that we take a position in the army. That we are confident and strong in you. That we push back the enemy. We, we, that we realize it's important. And it's, that we are responsible for what happens in our community. We're responsible for what happens in our city. We're, we're responsible for what happens in our state. We, we are to do what you're calling us to do. Pray for what you're calling us to pray. Lord, I thank you for strength. Strength that we're strengthened in our inner man. And we're rooted and grounded deep in your love. Lord, I'm asking you tonight for everyone here for, for a... Just a presence and a knowing and the love that you that you come when they lay down tonight, you come and and just get in bed with them and just wrap around them and just that they experience that we experience the love and a a higher level than we ever have. Lord, I'm asking you for that. And I'm asking you to confirm this word with signs and wonders following, that we put our faith into action and that when, when you tell us to do something, we believe for it, and then it happens. And Lord, I also want to say thank you to Tom and Eric for giving me the opportunity, Tom and Eric and Mike. It's such an honor that you guys let us do this. And that doesn't happen everywhere and I just want to say thank you and I want to honor you for doing that because it's a it's a high responsibility to to teach God's word and I appreciate that and I, I appreciate your oversight